Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday, October 11th. Let's jump into this morning's top stories. NCAA President Charlie Baker tells the Women Leaders National Convention audience in New Orleans the association is committed to growing participation and fandom in women's sports, and points to a few key initiatives, 1, building a nationwide database of fans, 2, adding a fan fest to the Division I Volleyball Championship, and 3, launching a local sponsorship program for individual championships. The U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee announces it will hold an NIL hearing on October 17, and USA Today's Steve Berkowitz reports NCAA President Charlie Baker and Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti are scheduled to appear. The hearing will be titled Name, Image, and Likeness, and the Future of College Sports. The announcement notes this hearing will examine different federal NIL legislative proposals and seek to establish what is truly in the best interests of students participating in college athletics. Berkowitz points out the committee, which is thought to be Committee of Jurisdiction on this topic, includes U.S. Senators Ted Cruz of Texas, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut and Cory Booker of New Jersey. CBS's Matt Norlander reports the Big 12 Gonzaga talks are being driven 100% by Commissioner Brett Yormark, who wants to build the strongest basketball league possible in order to bring football and basketball to market separately when the current deal expires. Norlander adds, Yormark still has pushback and caution from some Big 12 presidents and ADs. There are also some who are all in on the move and support it. Yormark is trying to get this done ASAP but the feeling amongst some is, Gonzaga probably isn't going anywhere, why not wait a few years? Huge financial questions, the stuff that matters most to people running athletic departments and universities, are still not answered regarding adding the four corner schools that will officially join next year. The ESPN and Fox deals for the 16-team Big 12 are still being ironed out. From what I've been told, Big 12 leaders had a laundry list of cues for Yormark last week and tasked him to bring back those to Gonzaga. With that, I think there's still some terms in and negotiating points that Gonzaga might not be thrilled with that could cause it to pause and evaluate. As of now, Norlander believes a vote would fall short of the 75% needed, with one source telling him it would be a grievous error to push this through right now. Grand Canyon, Seattle U and California Baptist would be the top candidates for West Coast Conference expansion, according to Hoops journalist Rocco Miller, who notes, if any of the above schools fill BYU's and potentially Gonzaga's void, the whack will be on the clock next. West Coast Hoops realignment is hitting nearly every league within this academic year. While some reports yesterday indicated the Big 12 and Gonzaga could come to an agreement within the next two weeks, Baylor AD Mac Rhodes pumps the brakes, telling 365 Sports, I don't know that Gonzaga is going to resolve itself here in the next week to two weeks. I think there will continue to be more conversation as we think about Gonzaga's impact on our conference, both short-term and long-term. Summit League Commissioner Josh Fenton talks with the field of 68's Jeff Goodman about the challenges associated with making and succeeding in the NCAA men's basketball tournament field, our world is changing. Those Power 4 conferences now have 16 to 18 members, and there were two conferences outside of the A6 including the Big East that had multiple teams in the tournament on the men's side last year, the Mountain West and the West Coast Conference. Pretty prolific basketball conferences as well. Obviously, Gonzaga sits in the West Coast Conference. So I'm not naive to think that we're going to do all this and we're going to find a second team in the league, but if we can move the metrics of middle to the bottom half, it makes the games more meaningful for those that do sit towards the top of the league. And if it isn't a second team in the league, is it about moving the seed line? Can the seed line go from 13 to 12 or 14 to 13 and give ourselves a better chance? Think of it the last two years. 
Oral Roberts goes on a historic run, right? Now, they didn't have a quad one win, they tried, they came close a couple times. They run the table in the league. South Dakota state the same thing the year before, they had one bad loss at Idaho. They don't win our tournament, they don't get in. NCAA Managing Director of Enterprise Risk Management Clint Hangbrock says of the association's recently announced e-learning model on sports gambling, a lot of education in this space that we see just focuses on the what of NCAA rules, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do, don't bet on it. We've really tried to focus on the why behind the rules as the primary component. NCAA Managing Director of Enforcement Development Mark Hicks adds, obviously, there's big buzz with some of the more public-facing issues that we've had this past year. But if you go back in time, there have been other sports wagering issues in the past. So while it's been a very interesting year, I don't know how much different it is. Luckily, we don't have those things all the time. That's good. But certainly concerning. It's a priority of our leadership, and I think what we'll continue to do is evaluate what's needed. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Wednesday, October 11th. We'll see you back here this afternoon.